Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. Wake-up call 054, the kindness of God. That's wake-up call 054, the kindness of God. You're listening to the Faith for My Generation podcast, and I'm your host, AJ. And man, am I excited to get into the Word today. I'm so thankful that you're joining me here on the Faith for My Generation podcast. Just a little housekeeping. If you have not checked out faithformygeneration.com, please do. There we have every audio and video podcast we have released. You can also sign up for the email list. You're going to want to do that. We've got some exciting things coming up in the spring and summertime, and I can be able to stay in touch with you. And of course, you can find all the socials, the Facebook, the Instagram, the TikTok, and the YouTube channel. All right, let's do this. The kindness of God. We're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 9. And we're actually going to read this entire chapter. It's 13 verses. And we're going to look at how King David, after he has taken his rightful, God-ordained place on the throne of Israel, he decides he wants to show some kindness. So let's read 2 Samuel chapter 9. Starting at verse 1. Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan, who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed he is in the house of Machair, the son of Amil, in Lodibar. Then king David sent and brought him out of the house of Machair, the son of Amil, from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I surely will show you kindness for Jonathan your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of of Saul your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring him in the harvest, bring in the harvest, that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba, had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then Seba said to the king, According to all that the Lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. 
And also, and all who dwelt in the house of Zeba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both his feet. I saw this a few weeks ago, uh, and as I get ideas and I, the Lord puts certain things on my heart, or I see really interesting things in Scripture, I think, wow, that would be a great wake-up call. That would be a great podcast episode. And in reading through 2 Samuel, I hit this chapter, and I, and I saw it in a way I never saw it before. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God. Uh, what you did not see at one time, you see by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that only takes place as you continually study the Word of God and continually seek the understanding of the Lord by the Holy Spirit and continually search the Scriptures. And as you do, great and mighty things, Jeremiah 33, 3, inaccessible things the Lord will show to you. And I saw this chapter in a light that I've never seen it before. Mephibosheth, when he was a young boy, he was his his nursemaid, the the caretaker, uh, who was taking care of him. They were fleeing their house because this was after Saul and Jonathan, and Saul's sons had died in battle, and they knew about David, so they begin to flee, and they think, well, surely David will do what any other king does, which is when he shows up, he kills everybody from the last dynasty, and oftentimes you see that all throughout history that when a new king shows up, anyone that's left over from the previous kingdom, they all get slaughtered. They all get killed. Uh, certainly not to that degree at all. But even in the United States of America, where I'm located, we've got over 11 different nations that tune in to the podcast every single week. Thank you for listening. But at least in my nation, in the United States of America, every time there is a changeover of the presidential office, he always brings in a new cabinet. It actually is uh, peculiar for anyone in a cabinet or a position appointed by the president to remain. Also in our states, same way with the governors. Uh, governors have appointees. It is actually an oddity and hardly ever happens if someone actually serves through different party administrations. Well, in that day and age, in the kings, well, when they show up by the other kingdoms at least. Of course, Saul was the, the second king Israel had, the first being God. But the first human king that Israel has is Saul. So they don't really know what to expect, and they assume that when David comes to his rise in power, then he'll do like every other king does in the earth. But he didn't. He didn't. David had two opportunities, actually, to take the life of Saul. And rightly so, I guess you might say, because Saul was actively searching for David to kill him. He was jealous. The Spirit of the Lord had departed Saul, backslidden, turned from the things of God. Yet he knew David was anointed to be king, but he tried with all he could twice to stop that by taking out the, what, 3,000 men of, of, uh, of Israel to come out against David and his, at that point, three to 600 mighty men with him who are on their way to becoming mighty. And he has two opportunities to, to kill Saul, and David refuses. He says, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. And he makes this point, either, either Saul will go by way of the grave of old age, he'll die in battle, or the Lord will take care of him. I know the Lord's called me and anointed me to be king of Israel, but it is not my job or obligation to remove Saul from the throne. There's a lot of wisdom right there. 
God gives us callings. He gives us gifts. He gives us abilities. And when He opens doors, we walk through them. Amen. But it's not our job to manage other people around us. God will raise up and tear down. And we seek the face of God so that we are always humble that we may be in a place that He can always raise us up because He surely does exalt the humble. Now, fast forward some years go by and David desires in his heart and he he gets this idea this is how you know David was a godly man he was a righteous man he's there thinking says i want to show kindness to the house of Saul David loved Saul you there's no way around it Saul was like another father to David David loved Saul even though Saul treated him very poorly and he certainly loved Saul's son Jonathan Jonathan and David were covenant brothers and they had a relationship that was beyond blood. I mean, he was obviously, David obviously was closer to Jonathan than David's own brothers. So fast forward some years and they begin to search out for someone in the family of Saul that David can show mercy to. And they find a young man named Mephibosheth who is lame in both feet. Because his, as I began this kind of rehearsal of, of a little short summary of, of what's taking place, the nursemaid, the, the, the lady that was taking care of Mephibosheth, when they hear that Saul and Jonathan have died, they flee. And in doing so, she falls and crushes Mephibosheth's feet. At such a young age, and of course in that day and age, you just didn't go down to urgent care. Or the emergency room, this became a life-altering accident. And so Mephibosheth is lame. He's not able to walk. So David's servants find Ziba, who was a servant of Saul. Ziba finds Mephibosheth. Obviously, I, I would imagine, well, we know there are other descendants of Saul, but Mephibosheth is Jonathan's son. And David chooses Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson to show kindness to. Now, I want you to see the comparison here. And this is a powerful comparison. This is a Warren Wiersbe, commentator and a great Bible teacher of blessed memory. He's in heaven now. He's got some great commentation notes on or commentary notes on, on, on the Bible. And, and he showed me this skeleton outline, and we, we're going to flesh it out a little bit, but I thought it was just absolutely amazing. In the story of David and Mephibosheth, you and I are Mephibosheth. You and I are Mephibosheth. And I want you to see how that's so. Mephibosheth was born of a rejected family. Adam, or excuse me, Saul, had been rejected by the Lord. Saul had been rejected by the Lord because Saul continued to disobey the Lord and transgress the laws of God. And his heart turned towards the things of God. And Saul was more fearful of man than God. And that fear of man caused Saul to turn his heart towards the things of God. Now, that's, that's not Mephibosheth's fault. Mephibosheth didn't choose that. But because of Saul's actions, that ended up putting Mephibosheth in a family that was rejected from the throne. You and I were born of a family. That has been rejected. Romans 5 verse 12 says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. 
Death entered, verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Adam transgressed the laws of God. And because of Adam and Eve's disobedience to the one law that they had, for falling for the deception of Satan, Adam caused himself and his family to be rejected, to be forced out of the presence of God by sin. Sin always does that. This is why it's so necessary to have your heart, as the Scripture says in the book of Psalms, broken and contrite, meaning just literally sliced open, laid open before the Spirit of God at all times so that at just the slightest little nudge from the Holy Spirit, we repent quickly. That's where I want to live, and I know that's where you want to live as well. That just at the at just the nudge, not not the Lord doesn't have to take a you know a battering ram and bash on our heart, but just the slightest nudge. We say, "Oh Lord, you're right. Forgive me. Cleanse me of that." But we were in the rejected family of Adam. We we were dead in our sins. Mephibosheth was in the rejected family, no longer a throne family, no longer a kingly or royal family, but now removed. We fell and could not walk. Mephibosheth, from a young age, he was in that accident, and, and that nursemaid, when she trips and falls, it crushes his feet, and, and his, he's lame in the feet, and he cannot walk. Was it his fault? No, it was not. It was not. But here he is in the state and situation he is, lame, unable to walk. Ephesians chapter 2 Verse 2 says this, In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. See, the walk that we had, the path that we had, was one of destruction and one of death. We, we, we had fallen into sin. We had fallen into the state of destruction and sin. What does the Bible tell us? That Romans chapter 3, all have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. We had fallen and the walk we had was a walk of death, was a walk of destruction, was a walk of hurt and harm. And we had fallen short of the glory of God. Now, the third thing I want you to see is this. In, in 2 Samuel verse 9, verse 5, it says this, The king sent and brought him... Mephibosheth, out of the house of Makar, the son of Emil, from Lodibar. Lodibar means no pasture. It means no pasture. Literally, it means a place where you, there is no pasture, right? Very creative. Can you guess what Lodibar looked like? Well, I can guess it did not have pasture land <laughs> because everyone that went there and lived there called it, this is the place that has no pasture. It was a barren place, especially in that day and age. And that, you know, nowadays in a barren place where there's no pasture, they'll put up a subdivision. <laughs> they'll put up a dollar tree, <laughs> family dollar. In that day and age, no pasture meant no prosperity, no food, no abundance, no life, no joy from all that comes from abounding with grain and animals and food, the very simple things of life, right? Being able to sit down and eat a good hearty meal with your family and, and produce and make the earth bring forth. Impossible. No pasture. 
we were missing the best. We were missing the best. Dead in sin, we were in the barren wasteland of the kingdom of darkness. We were in this barren wasteland in the kingdom of darkness. The Bible tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to, to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Because the pasture which we were in was the pasture under the cruel shepherd Satan in the kingdom of darkness in a land of barrenness. But the good news is, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He has brought us into green pastures. The, the last thing I want you to see about this in this comparison with me, you, and Mephibosheth we were like Mephibosheth in that without the help of the Lord, we would perish. Mephibosheth, especially in his day and age, you know, here he is, he's lame in his feet. So that basically rules out any type of manual labor he could do uh, freely. Maybe, I, I would imagine he was probably a good, hardworking guy to the extent he could be. But still in that day and age, you know, wheelchairs, no, maybe crutches probably, right? Just crutches. Uh, but certainly not anything motorized or all the conveniences and helps that do not make it go away, but certainly help and aid anyone that may be suffering in their body. But obviously, as hard as it is today, imagine how much worse it would be then, considering how many of the tasks they did in that day were so manually intensive, labor-intensive. And without the help of David, Mephibosheth, who knows what would have happened to him, at this point, he's probably in his 20s, uh, probably in his 20s. But, it, but what would have happened to him? Who knows? Who, who knows what would have happened to him? Wasting away. Well, you and I were wasting away, but the help of God came to our rescue. Psalms 33, 20 says this, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. We were perishing without hope. And then Christ entered the, entered the scenario, entered into our life. The life of God broke through and broke us out of this barren wasteland of sin. And we now have the help and shield and strength and mercy of God. See, just as you and I could relate with Mephibosheth when we were dead in sins, I want you to see this. David is a, he's a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ in 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9, we see that David, he is looking out, he's thinking, he's pondering to himself, and then he begins to search. Is there anyone in the house of Saul that I can show kindness to? Is there anyone that remains from the lineage of Saul that I can be kind to? See, the reality is David made the first move. Mephibosheth wasn't outside the, the throne room, wasn't outside the, the, the king's palace, 
you know, begging, David, please, I'm, I'm a grandson of Saul, please help me. Mephibosheth did not search for David. David searched for Mephibosheth. Luke 19 verse 10 says this, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus started looking for us before we looked for Him. Jesus was looking for us. Jesus began to look for us before we ever looked for Him. He made the first move. It tells us before the foundations of the earth were even laid, salvation was in the plan and the nature of God. It was in the plan and nature of, because God is salvation. That's just who He is. God is salvation. And while we were not, while we were dead in our sins, Christ came out to seek and to save that which was lost. And I want to encourage you as believers, as Christians, let us make the first move. Let, let's make that decision. We're going to make the first move. Let's make the first move to see people saved. Let's not wait for people to find us. Let's not wait for people to ask us what, we, what they need to do to be saved. Let's not wait uh, for you know, lost people to come to Christ. Let's go find them. Let, let's go seek the Lord and say, Lord, show us who's ready. Who's ready to hear and believe? Who, who will you send along my path? Uh, Luke chapter, or Matthew chapter 9, 37, 38 tells us to pray to the Lord of the harvest. For the harvest truly is plentiful. Pray to the Lord of harvest that he may send forth laborers. And say, Lord, send me forth. I want to labor in your fields. Because Christ went first. David went first. Let us go first as well. Notice this. David acted out for Jonathan's sake. David showed mercy toward Mephibosheth for Jonathan's sake. Because David loved Jonathan. David loved Jonathan, and out of his love, David acted kindly toward Mephibosheth. Acts, oh, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4 verse 32 tells us this, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. We should be kind towards one another. We should show mercy to others because we have received mercy. And David did this, right? David had mercy in his life. Read the Psalms. And he says over and over again, you know, Lord, you've shown me mercy. You've delivered me. You've saved me. So then he begins to if you will, almost repay a debt, not to the Lord, because we could never repay that debt to the Lord, but we begin to glorify God and honor God in saying that, Lord, this is what you've done for me. I'll do it for someone else. Lord, I'm going to imitate you and do what you would do, which is be kind towards someone. And the Lord was kind towards us, even as God in Christ forgave us. This is why we should never walk with hard hearts. Let me tell you something. Unforgiveness is a sin that you cannot afford to pay the cost. Do not walk in unforgiveness. Do not walk in, uh, with hard hearts. Do not hold grudges. It will poison your whole life and destroy you here and now and the life to come. Here and now and the life to come. Do not do it. It will hinder your prayers. It will, it, will, it, will, it will stop up the pipes which the life of God flows into your life. Do not do it.
Do not do it. As believers and as part of the tribe of the faithful, we are the faithful, so therefore we act like the Lord. And that means we're tender-hearted. We're kind towards one another. You know, just keeping your heart pure and clean before the Lord will solve a lot of problems. And one of the, reason, one of the things it will solve is, is having hard-heartedness, being swift to judge, hard unforgiving, unmerciful. Yet, people that act like that turn around and they want mercy. They, they want slack. They want leeway. And then they show it to no one. Oh, let us not. That's like that wicked servant in the parable that, that Jesus talk, talked about. Let us not be like that wicked servant in Jesus' name. This act of kindness by David toward Mephibosheth is a type and a symbol of the act of kindness towards us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, tells us this, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. All throughout this life and in ages to come, the Lord will continue to show his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Can you imagine the depth of the fullness of salvation we have yet to even experience? Every day, I believe you and I are experiencing deeper and deeper levels of love and revelation of God's love. Because the kindness the Lord has for us that He is showing to us right now will not end but will last for ages to come. Titus 3 verse 4, you've got to hear this. Titus 3 verse 4 through 7. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now notice that. Verse 4, the kindness and the love of God has appeared unto man. How so? Through salvation. God our Savior showed us mercy. He saved us. He washed us. He made us new. He renewed us. He regenerated us. He poured out on us abundantly His grace and His mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ. He justified us and He made us heirs sons and daughters with an inheritance according to the hope of eternal life. Mephibosheth had no inheritance. Mephibosheth had no one showing him kindness, but David searched him out so that he could act kindly toward him. Thank God that the Lord searched us out to show us kindness. Praise God. Notice this. I love this. I love this next point. This is so good. John chapter 6, verse 44. David called Mephibosheth personally. David finds Ziba, a servant of Saul, and then he tells Ziba, go find me a, a descendant of Saul I can bless. Ziba said, well, I know of Jonathan's son, Saul's grandson, Mephibosheth. He lives in Lodibar, the place with no pasture. Then David, notice what David does. He doesn't just say, oh, okay, great, you know, go bless him for me. He says, he sends servants and tells Mephibosheth, you come here. David 
called Mephibosheth personally. David called him by name and brought him into his presence. Look at this. John chapter 6, verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Lord God Almighty has called you, and he's calling all people. There's none that the Lord does not desire to call. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. The Lord is calling you by name. The question is, will you answer? And you are part of the faithful. So I believe in Jesus' name you have answered. But if by chance you're listening to this, if you're listening to this right now, and you have heard the knock of Christ, you've heard the voice of the Lord calling you by name, Open the door, answer, and receive him. Because you didn't go seeking him, he came seeking you. And David called Mephibosheth personally. The Lord has called you by name, personally. See how loving and kind and merciful God is? He, he loved you enough to call you. The Lord called you to repentance. The Lord called you to salvation. Oh, I pray. Let us pray right now as, as the faithful. Locate someone right now that you're thinking of in your heart and your mind. Seriously, we're going to pray right now on this podcast. We're not done. I want to pray with you. There's someone the Lord's putting on your heart right now that they need to repent. They need to believe in the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to come to terms with God. They need to get right with God. Call it whatever you want. To want. They need to get right with the Lord. I want you to pray with this prayer with me. Let's pray right now as you're thinking about that person. Lord, we're praying for the person that you have put on our heart this moment. And we thank you, you are calling them by name. You're knocking at the door of their heart. We pray, Lord, the knock is so loud. The call is so strong. And that we and all other laborers that you're sending across their path will be so loud and so strong, they'll answer the call. In Jesus' name, and we'll see them come to salvation. Amen. Amen. Because the Lord did it for us, we should pray that the same would take place in other people's lives. As we're finishing up here, just a few more points. I want you to see this. David, man, this it just gets better and better. I, I said the last one's good. I'm just going to sound redundant if I say this one's good. But guess what? It's good. David took Mephibosheth into his own family. Right? David blesses the household of Mephibosheth and even Ziba, the servants, and, and blesses the land and says, take care of it. And, and, and here's all of Saul's land back to Mephibosheth. But then what does he say? Mephibosheth, he actually says it several times in 2 Samuel 9. He says, Mephibosheth will sit at my table and he will eat with me. And I believe the language, let, let's double check. I believe he even says, as if one of my sons or as the king's sons. Verse 11. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord, the king, has commanded his servant, so will, I, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Oh, praise God. You have been brought into the family of God. Just as David adopted to himself Mephibosheth, and brought him to sit at his table as if he were one of his sons and take part of the royal life. So has 
God the Father brought you and I through Christ Jesus. 1 John 3, 1 and 2. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. We've been brought into the family of God to the point to where when John, the apostle and the revelator, the beloved, is moved on by the Holy Spirit to write this letter, 1 John, he cannot help but say, Behold, what manner, what type of love the Father has loved us with, has set upon us. So great, so marvelous that He has made us sons and daughters of himself. And the Lord, what is, what is the, uh, some of you may know this. I, I Honestly, I never sang it growing up. But when my wife and I started serving in preschool, uh, teaching in preschool once a month at our church, we began to sing some of these songs. And I actually learned some of these older Bible school, Sunday school songs. Some I'd never heard. Some I knew very well. But what is it? Uh, God set before me his banqueting table. His banner over me is love. God has brought me to his banqueting table. His banner over me is love. I think I may have messed up the lyrics there. But it says something along that lines. The Lord has brought me to his banqueting table. We have been seated at the table of God because we've been made sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. I don't know where you're listening to this wake-up call, this podcast episode at. But I'm just going to go ahead and apologize if you're just running around your job right now, praising the Lord. I'm just going to apologize if you're, act, if you're listening in the car and you're driving 15 miles fast because your, your foot's just dancing because of the goodness of God. But this is what's happened. We've been brought into the family of God. Look at this. David spoke peace to Mephibosheth. When Mephibosheth shows up, he says, what, am I, I'm a dead dog. That's how he sees himself. I'm as good as a dead dog. Who are you, king, to show kindness toward me? But David showed peace toward Mephibosheth. And guess what? In Christ, the Lord has showed you and I peace. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Notice that we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. By way of faith of the finished work of Christ on the cross, confessing Him, Lord, we now have peace with God the Father. We have peace. We're at peace with God. But who did the work that we might have peace? You and me or the Lord? The Lord made peace with us so that when we believe on Jesus, we receive the peace of God. And just as David spoke peace to Mephibosheth, the Lord is speaking peace to you and I. This is why 
I can understand maybe, just maybe, someone dead in sin that doesn't know God or His nature or the things of God. But no Christian should ever have this idea. Well, you know, the Lord's just out to get me. The Lord's just trying. I guess the Lord's just trying to do this or that in my life. Show me this or that. Let me tell you something. The Word of God has been given to you as instruction from God Almighty. And I just believe that the Word of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life is well able, more than able, more than capable to instruct, lead, guide, correct, reprove, or encourage, edify, and strengthen us. We don't need to blame all these little silly things that oftentimes are just our bad decisions on the Lord. No, the Lord's speaking peace to you. He's not out to get you. If the Lord was out to get you, you would have been gotten. seven seconds after God thought, I'm going to get that guy, you would have been gotten and obliterated and become space dust. <laughs> no, the Lord is speaking peace to us. David provided Mephibosheth's every need. David tells Mephibosheth, uh, I'm giving you everything that was your grandfather's, King Saul. It's all yours now. And Ziba, his 15 sons and his 20 servants, because Ziba, is, even though he's a servant of the king, he's almost like a, a, a royal in himself. He said, I'm, I'm going to let him farm and take care of it and bring the harvest in and cause you to be prosperous. And you're going to sit at my table and eat with me and you're going to live here in Jerusalem. The Lord has brought all provision that we have need of, spirit, soul, and body. Philippians 4 verse 19 And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, which the spirit realm dominates the natural realm, meaning that if we are blessed spiritually, then also we see the natural fruition or product of that blessing in our lives, meaning that we are provided for completely by the Lord, spirit, soul, and body. The Lord has, knows what you have need of, and He wants to cause you to abound and prosper in all things. Now, we've talked about this so many times on the Faith for My Generation podcast. I believe you, the faithful who love God, you're obeying Him, you're walking according to His precepts, His commands, you're in prayer, you're in study of the Word, you're, you're getting good understanding and instruction from your pastor, your church, and this podcast. Praise the Lord. I'll throw myself in there. So as you're honoring the Lord, you're prospering in every way that you go and everything that you do in all the work of your hands. Because I believe you can have it all. We don't have to sell ourselves or our integrity, or our character, our relationships just to make it or win in life. No, I believe that as you serve the Lord, He will prosper you in all things and that you'll not lack no good thing in Jesus' name. Last thing I want you to see is this. David protected Mephibosheth from judgment. It's, it's a thing that you need to kind of read through and study, but what's interesting is there are there's retribution on behalf of a group of people, I think it was the Kenites, that, or Gibeonites, that Saul 
wickedly came and murdered during his, during his reign, even though there was a covenant that was made years ago with these people in Israel. I believe it was through Joshua, because I think it's the Gibeonites, because they pretend to be way, way far, wayfaring sojourners, people from way off far. And they, they deceive Joshua and make them give them a covenant when they're coming in to take the promised land. And then they find out, wait a minute, you guys are just like a hop and a skip over here in our promised land, but we've already given you our word so we can't go back on it. Well, Saul breaks that word. So during the time of David, there is, I think it's plague or famine, forgive me, I can't remember exactly, it's in 2 Samuel, but there's punishment for that sin that comes on Israel. And the, what is required of it is the blood of men. And I think it's seven of Saul's descendants are executed by the Gibeonites for retribution of that sin. Now, when they began to search out for Saul's descendants to exact punishment on, David protects Mephibosheth. We see two Mephibosheths. Uh, two literal different persons. One was a son of Saul, but the one we've been talking about is the grandson of Saul, the son of Jonathan. And he protects him. He protects him from judgment. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The Lord Jesus Christ took our place. Excuse me. The Lord Jesus Christ, he took our place. He took our judgment. He stood in our place and he protected us from judgment. Excuse me. Because he who knew no sin became sin. He was made to be the sin sacrifice of the world so that we might become the righteousness of God. And he took our judgment. What what great display. (coughs) Excuse me. Hopefully three times the charm. (laughs) What great display of the kindness of God. What a marvelous display of God's kindness through this life, Mephibosheth, that David showed toward him. Are you thankful for the kindness of God? I know I am. Every day, every waking moment, we should continually give God thanks and praise for His goodness toward us. It's undeserving, yet we receive it wholly and wholeheartedly. And don't, you know, don't allow Satan to guilt trip you. God has showed you his kindness. Receive it. Live in it. Bask in it. Dwell in it. Abide in it. Because the Lord desires to show you kindness. Man, I'm so thankful that you joined me today. I'm thankful for you. I appreciate you. Hey, if you're listening via audio, Apple uh, via audio. Everyone's listening via audio. If you're not watching, but rather you're listening, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, if there's a way to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, on the Faith for My Generation website, faithformygeneration.com, all those reviews are compiled on the website. So wherever you leave them, they also show up on the website. But I would greatly appreciate you if, appreciate you if you could give me a five-star review uh, as you're listening, if you've been enjoying the episodes. And guess what? You know, we're just fresh into this new year. If you've not taken 
uh, action on reading your Bible through. I myself, my church, we are reading through the Bible cover to cover. All it takes is three chapters a day. You're not too far behind to start. If you haven't, you just got to read a couple extra chapters for three weeks to, or two weeks to make up time. But I'm telling you, if you do this and make 2023 the year of you knowing your Bible better than you've ever known it, you will be so richly blessed. Your year will be a supernatural year and you will truly glorify God and bring blessing, great blessing, spirit, soul, and body on your life. And so I want you to encourage you to do that and be a part of that. Also, as I said, go check out faithformygeneration.com. Sign up for the email list. We've got some things coming up in the spring and summer you do not want to miss. And as always, remember this. We are the faithful. And I will see you next time. God bless. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.